Amen. I tell you what a time we had around these altars this morning. Amen. I don't know about you, but there's a lot of other, a lot of other religions, a lot of other uh, uh, formats. Thank you, brother. Um, that people people use to worship. There's some people that they have they can't hear from their God lest they bring a sacrifice, and uh, others that you know they got to go to a certain place or a certain time, or or you know they got to have uh, the Pope or somebody come and bless them. But I'm I'm thankful that we can gather on a Sunday morning. And all these different needs that were met, there's one man that came in the room and was able to meet them. Aren't you thankful that's the God that you serve? Amen. I don't know about you, but that excites me to know that that's, that's, that's my Savior. Amen. That's my Jesus, and I'm thankful for that. And It is an honor again to be back here uh, once again. I know we were back here, I think it was in April the last time, and uh, as, as he said, the little, little man over there was just about six weeks old, and, uh, but I, I'm, I appreciate my family and uh, yeah, he took a hard nap after all that entertainment. It's 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 a tough job being the star of the show. Uh, it's a, it's a worn out job, but I appreciate my family, and it is an honor to be here. Thank you so much for uh, for for having us and for the hospitality, the love that we feel every time we come. We just uh, appreciate everyone here. No, we don't know you guys all too well, but we look forward to getting to know you more uh, as as the Lord leads and uh, just very thankful for your pastors. I want to give honor to your pastors. This uh, tremendous friend of friends of ours, been friends for a long time and very thankful for them and uh, the work that they do in the kingdom. And I know that you are. We admire and respect them very much and want to give honor to them. If you appreciate your pastors, why don't you let them know? Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'll, I'll go ahead and tell you, if you grab your Bibles, uh, I'll go ahead and tell you, you guys, uh, you guys are very blessed to have them as your pastors. I know you know that, but uh, I just want to want to let you guys know, you guys are very blessed to have pastors that care so much and love so hard, and and uh, I know they pour their everything into into this ministry, and we appreciate them and appreciate the opportunity to be here. Luke chapter number four. I'm sorry, Luke chapter number fourteen. If you have the, if you could stand for the reading of the word, if you're able. Luke chapter number 14, we're going to begin reading in verse number 16, this is a, a very familiar parable that Jesus shared, this was a, this is a parable, it's a, it's a parallel of the great supper that we're going to see when the rapture of the church takes place, how many is looking forward to that day, amen, Luke chapter number 14, verse number 16, the Bible says, then said he unto him, a certain man made a great supper and bade many, and sent his servants at supper time to say to them that were bidden, Come, for all things are now ready. And they all with one consent began to make excuse. The first said unto him, I have bought a piece of ground. I must needs go and see it. I pray thee have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen. I go to prove them. I pray thee have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. So that servant came and showed his Lord these things. Then the master of the house, being angry to his servant, go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city and bring in hither the poor and the maimed and the halts and the blinds. Amen. He says, I want my house to be filled. So verse, I want you to look at verse number 22. The Bible says, I was reading this one day and this verse just kind of jumped out at me. I came across it. It says, and the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded. We've brought hither the lame, the poor, the maimed, the halt, the blind. We've brought all of these. But, but then he says these words, and yet there is room. Amen. 
We've invited everybody that you asked. But when we took count, we found out there's some still some room left for somebody else. Amen. So what does the master say? So the Lord says unto the servant, then go out into the highways and to the hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be, somebody say fields, that my house may be filled. For I say unto you that none of those men which were bidden shall taste of my supper. Verse number 22 again. Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded, and yet there is room. Amen. I want to preach tonight just on what the Lord put on my spirit. There's still room at the king's table. Amen. I said there's still room at the king's table. Would you lift your hands and magnify the Lord with us one more time. Father, we thank you for another opportunity to gather into your presence, to gather here in your name. God, we, we're here to glorify and magnify you. And I pray, Lord, that you would just have your way in the remaining part of this service. Let your anointing rest upon these lips of clay that I may preach the word you put upon my spirit. I pray that you'd move in these altars, have your way in every heart and every life. And we thank you for it in the mighty, wonderful name of Jesus. And the church said amen and amen. Give the Lord a hand clap as you're seated. If my brothers could go ahead and bring that, bring that table out here, amen. There's still room at the king's table. As they're getting this, don't, don't, mind, don't mind them. They're going to set up a little illustration for me. But I want to preach to you just for a few minutes on there's still room at the king's table. We see this, this uh, parable of the marriage supper of the lamb. And the Bible says it's a, uh, the, 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 uh, the father sent the messenger out to all of the servants. That's you and I, the people of the church, the servants of the, of the king, and, and said, come now for all things are now ready. That's a type of the rapture for when that Gabriel steps out and blows the trumpet and it says it's now ready for the church to come. But, but the Bible says that, that the messenger came into several different circumstances where there were some that could not come because of various reasons. And, and, and because of these reasons, they missed out on the marriage supper. They missed out on the rapture of the church and, and what was prepared for them. But, but when I get, begin to look at this, the things that they, that they excused themselves because of, it wasn't any great sin. It was not no great, uh, uh, some great temptation. Uh, they didn't say, well, you see, uh, you know, I've just ran off with uh, another man's wife, and I'm going to go, and, uh, you know, I'm going to go over here, uh, and uh, i got to run away with snow. Uh, they didn't say, well, I've just won the lottery, and I'm going to go down to Las Vegas and gamble it all away and uh, drink and do drugs. No, that's not what they said. But one said, I bought me a piece of land. Now, let me ask you something. Is owning land a sin? Amen. No, it's not. We know that, right? Amen. There'd be a lot of sinners in the house today. Yeah. Amen. But we know that buying a, buying a yoke of oxen, that's not a sin. How many here is married? Amen. How many here is happily married? Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We know that that's, uh, we, we know that the Bible says, uh, the Bible says when you find a wife, you find a good thing, right? Amen. I tell everybody, I found a great thing. Amen. Hallelujah. The Lord just kind of went over and, uh, and above when he, when he matched me up. Amen. 
Amen. But that's, that's a topic for another time. But, but we know that these things, they were not, they were not sinful in their nature. These things were not, a, they were not evil. But it's, it's, so we look at this, but yet this is why they missed out on heaven. This is why they missed out on coming to the table. And I realize it's not necessarily the object, but it's the love that they had for that thing. And it came more important to them than their relationship with the king. And that ought to tell us that no matter what it is in our life, if there's anything that comes before me in my relationship with Jesus, if there is anything that takes preeminence in my life over my relationship with Jesus Christ. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, uh, you may not be out drunk. Uh, You may not step out and do drugs. Uh, You may be faithful to the house of God. Uh, But if there is anything uh, in our lives uh, that keeps us away uh, from the master, uh, God help us, Lord, uh, that there not be anything in my life uh, that would keep me from the table. When you call up, I want to be ready. When you sound that trumpet, I want to go. I don't want nothing in this world to hold me down. But I want to be ready when the master calls. Hallelujah. The Bible says that this man prepared a supper. I want you to look at this word, prepare. Prepare means to make ready beforehand for some purpose, use, or activity. Amen. He's prepared something for us. I I want to tell you, not only has he prepared a rapture for the church, he's prepared something for you in this service tonight. He's prepared something for you. Every time you step into his presence, he comes ready to move, ready to operate, ready to move amongst his people. But yet it seems like time and time again I find myself with just just lining myself up with one of these uh, that, well, I can't come because of this reason, and I, I can't come uh, because of that reason. As I begin to look at this word, prepare, uh, and he, he, he prepared a supper. I don't know about you, but I, I was raised up with a real good cook in the house. Anybody else have been raised with a good cook? Amen. My, my mama, I mean, she's just, uh, you know, an amazing cook, and uh, she, she'd prepare, you know, prepare dinner, but if you you were anything like me, she'd start preparing dinner around 5 o'clock or so. But if you're anything like me, about 4, 4.30, my stomach's already rumbling. And uh, what I had for lunch ain't, uh, you know, ain't holding me over. So I'd go into the pantry and I'd start looking, you know, for some goodies. I, you know, I, I, I'm probably going to find some double stuffed Oreos or, you know, find some Cheez-Its. Or, uh, come on, don't act like you ain't done it before. Amen. I know I'm not the only one that snuck into the pantry before dinner starts. Amen. But uh, my mom, she'd catch me, uh, she'd say things like, uh, Stephen, don't you go spoiling your dinner. Amen. Anybody ever heard those words? Uh, don't you go spoil because I'm preparing something. Amen. I'm getting something ready. Uh, and if you go on and find something on your own, uh, you're not going to be hungry uh, when what I've prepared uh, is ready. Amen. Uh, and the reason uh, that a lot of us step into the house of God uh, and I don't have an appetite for worship. Uh, come on, somebody. Uh, and I don't have an appetite uh, to hear the word of God. Uh, and I don't feel like praying in the altars. Uh, and I'm not hungry uh, for the presence of God. Uh, is because sometime uh, all throughout the week uh, you've been eating on 
somebody else's table. You've been going and finding some stuff on your own. But when I've spent my whole week anticipating the presence of God, I haven't been over here, amen, on the world's table, but I've been getting myself ready for what God has prepared. God help us to come ready, to come hungry, because the Word says, they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, they shall be filled. I don't know about you, but I want to come to the table, and I want to come ready for what God's got for me. Amen. Because you see, what I found on my own, it wasn't good for me. Amen. What I found on my own, Mama would say something like, Stephen, if you eat that, you're going to be hungry in just a couple of hours. But if you'll wait for what I've prepared for you, if you'll wait for what I've got for you, amen, what I found on my own was junk food. But what God has prepared for me, it's nourishment to my soul. What God, I'm trying to tell somebody what God's got for you, it's going to help you. Jesus said you drink from this water and you're going to thirst again. But if you'll drink from the water that I give unto you, you'll never thirst. Oh, taste and see that the Lord He is good and His mercy endureth forever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm making a mess up here. Hold on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm trying to let you know there's room at the table for you. Hallelujah. I said there's room, but you got to come hungry. Amen. you got to come, amen, ready for a move of the Holy Ghost because my God has prepared something. I didn't come here just to play games. I didn't come here just because it's Sunday and that's what we do. I came ready to feast in the presence of the Lord. I came ready to see what God has prepared. For me, hallelujah. The Bible says, the Bible says in the book of Daniel, let me get this coat off and I'll preach. Amen. Maybe my tie too. Hold on. Hallelujah. Amen. Now I feel much better. The Bible says in Daniel, the Bible says in Daniel, purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the meat from the king's table. That's a little K. Amen. Amen. Daniel said, you think I'm weak? You think I've got nourishment that you know not of? I've been at a table all week long you didn't know about. Amen. You want to know why some of these people come into the services and they can't help themselves but get in the altars and they can't help themselves but bask in the presence of God is because somewhere they found out that when I come, my God's already been ready. He's been preparing a table before me, and I want to be a seat. I want to have a seat at his table. Amen. Hallelujah. In John chapter 15, we see Jesus preparing a Passover table for his disciples. The Bible says, and Jesus sent two men before him and said, go and make things ready. Go and get prepared for me and my disciples. We know that he's, he's got a feast prepared, prepared and it's, it's, it's what's now known as the Last Supper. And, uh, but I want you to take a look at this. Uh, Jesus said, all of my disciples are there. Well, now hold on a second. There's one that's already betrayed him. 
there's one there. He's already turned him in. He's already betrayed him. He's already done the work. But yet Judas still has an invitation to the table. Amen. What are you saying, Brother Stephen? I'm saying we can't, don't get to pick and choose who gets a seat at the table. Oh, come on, somebody. I said we do not get to pick and choose who sits on these pews, who comes to the altar, who responds to the message. All I got to do is make a cry that there is room at the table. And whoever God wants to bring into the church, it ain't up to me and it ain't up to you. But it is our job to wrap them up with open arms and let them know I don't care where you come from. I don't care what your background is. I don't care what your past is. I serve a God that just says, come to the table. All ye that are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. There's room at the table for you. Judas, look around. He knows what you've done. But yet look where you're sitting. Hallelujah. I don't know who I'm talking to, but I'm here to tell somebody, I don't care what you've done. I don't care what your past is. I don't care what you may have gotten yourself involved in. He's still got a seat for you. There's a seat with your name on it. He's not going to replace you. He's not going to do away with you. He just says, if you'll come and you'll repent and you'll get it under the blood, you'll find out, Judas, there's room for you to. The Bible says, though, you said, well, you said, well, Brother Stephen, Jesus kicked him out of the group. When did he kick him out of the group? Amen. The Bible says, all Jesus said is, whatsoever thou do, do as quickly. That's all. But he never commanded Judas to leave. He just said, listen, if you're going to do this, go ahead and. But I believe that Judas right then and there was feeling the grace and the love of Almighty God that said, I know what you've done, but I'll still take you back. Amen. I know what you've done. How do you know, Brother Stephen? Because I was once in that place. I was once in that place. I don't deserve to be here. I don't deserve. You were once in that place. You didn't deserve a spot at the table. You didn't deserve his grace. You didn't deserve his mercy. Yet he looked down at me and said, I know where you've been, but just come back home. He told that prodigal, I know you're stuck in a pig's pen right now, but if you'll just get back, your father has got a table prepared. I come to tell somebody tonight, I don't care where you've been, just get back to the table that God's prepared for you. The Bible says when, when, when Judas went to leave, you, you see right after Judas walks out the door, there's about two or three chapters of just red letter of Jesus talking to his disciples. I don't know how long that took. I don't know. But, but, but can, I, can I just, can, can, I, can you bear with me for a moment? Just imagine as Judas is leaving. He's on his way out. He ain't left yet, but he's on his way. Maybe making his way down the staircase wondering, is it too late to come back? Is it too late? turn around. Have I gone too far? Or do you think he'd accept me back? And sometime in this passage, in John chapter 15, Jesus gets to the place where he says these words, you have not chosen me. 
Hallelujah. But I have chosen you. Amen. I don't know if Judas is still within earshot, but if you could humor me just for a minute, just imagine that Judas is on his way out. And maybe there's some of you in this house, you ain't left the church yet, but you are on your way out. You ain't left the family of God yet. You're still here. You're here on a Sunday night, but in your heart, like that prodigal, you're already on your way out. Can I echo the words of the master? You didn't choose me, but I have chosen you, and I'm not ready to give up on you just yet. Thank God that we have a master that says, I don't go. I'll come to whatever depths I got to come. I'll do whatever I got to do to get you seated back at the table. Hallelujah. Aren't you thankful that God found a way to get to you? I said, aren't you thankful that God found a way that there's no pit too big, there's no sin too great, there's no distance too far that the hand of Jesus can reach down because there's a room for you. I said, there's room for you at the table. I believe, you know what I believe? I believe every day that that prodigal went home. I'm sorry, when that prodigal was away. I believe the first night he came... And when mama was getting the dinner table ready, and she set the table for three, amen, because one of them had left, I believe that every single night at dinner time, that father would come out and say, put another plate on the table, amen, hallelujah, put another seat at the table, but he's been gone for a long time, it's been years, you need to just let him go, no, put another spot at the table, because if he comes back today, I want him to know, son, I did not replace you, I didn't do away with with you. I, I, didn't th- I don't know who I'm talking to, I, but I feel like telling somebody I, he didn't throw you away. I, he didn't throw your seat away, I, and he ain't never going to. I, but since the day I, every prodigal left home, I, that father's been watching I, from that front porch, I, wondering is this going to be the day I, that my son comes back home? I, is this I, and when he does, I, I'm going to run to him, I, and I'm going to fall on his neck, I, and I'm going to let him know I, there's room for you. I, I still got a room. I've still got a place. Thank God that we serve a Christ that said, come as you are. I'll take you. I'll clean you up. And I'll place you at the table where you belong. Hallelujah. 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 He goes out. There's room for you. Amen. There's room for you. Look at that prodigal. He's sitting on the front porch waiting for the day that you come back home. Amen. Hallelujah. There, there are some, listen, I want you to know, gee, but, 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 but you got to make up in your mind a decision. I'm going to get up from the hog's pen and I'm going to go into my father's house. There's a decision on our part that has to be made. Because you see, we, we read about the, the lost parables. There's a lost, lost sheep, a lost coin. And a, and a lost, a, lo, a lost man, a lost son. The sheep was lost because of ignorance. They didn't know no better. The coin was lost because somebody neglected it. And both times the owner went looking for it. But when it comes to the son, the son had to make his mind up. I'm walking out of what I'm in. 
Because you're going to have to make. He left knowing exactly what he was walking away from. It wasn't ignorance and it wasn't neglect. But he willingly got up. And you're going to have to willingly get up and say, you know what? I'm not spending one more moment here in a place I don't belong. But I've got room at my father's house. I mean, you have this talk. There, there is, listen, there is a message that is being preached of deception today that it doesn't care what you've done. It doesn't care what sin you're involved in. Jesus understands you can continue on in your sin. Come on, somebody. As long as you made a prayer when you were seven years old, you can live whatever kind of life you want to live. And Jesus understands. Come on, somebody. That's what's being preached. That is not what the gospel says. You can come. It doesn't matter what filth you're involved in. But Jesus ain't going to leave you there. He's not going to let you stay in the hog's pen. He's going to clean you up. He's going to put a new robe on your back. He's going to put a new ring on your hand and shoes on your feet. And he's going to bring you back to the table you belong in. I got in a conversation. Is this all right, brother? Amen. I got in a conversation one time with a with, uh, once saved, always saved, uh, uh, believing. And we, we, he was telling me, you know, trying to, trying to spin this, that, uh, that, well, where's the grace? Where's the grace? And I told him, I said, if what you're saying is true, if what you're saying is true, that there's no need for repentance, that there's no need to leave that sin, then Jesus could have just left that son in the hog's pen. There was no reason for him to come back because if he had been in the house at once, it doesn't matter where he was at. But no, the Bible says that he had to come back to the house. He looked at me and said, well, where's the grace, preacher? I mean, that's what he said. Where's the grace, preacher? And I believe under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, I responded. And I said, I'll tell you where grace was. Grace was sitting at the door every single day that that son had left home. Grace stepped out and was watching. Is this going to be the day? Is this going to be the moment? And the moment that that boy made up in his mind, I'm coming back home, grace jumped up. Grace ran out and met him where he was. Grace brought him back to a table. Grace clothed him. I'm telling you, if you make up in your mind that you want to come back to the table, there's room for you. You can get back, and grace will clean you up. Hallelujah. That's where grace was. Grace was just waiting, wanting to let him know there's still room for you. I said, there's still room for you at the table. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I got to hurry. Amen. Somebody say, there's still room. Hallelujah. There's still room. Uh, in the book of 2 Samuel, I'm not going to turn there and read it for the sake of time, but anybody ever heard of Mephibosheth before? Raise your hand. If you know who Mephibosheth is, give you a little, give you a little Bible history. Mephibosheth is the grandson of King Saul, the king that came before King David. He's the son of Jonathan. And, and Mephibosheth, he's an heir to the throne. He, he, he's in the lineage of the throne while Saul is, is king. But we know that Saul and all of his sons and all of their sons died right before David took the throne. And when David takes the throne, David asks a question, is there any left of the line of Saul? 
is there anybody left in that lineage? Now, now let, me, let me tell you what was going through the minds of the people when they did. It was the custom. See, David was not in the lineage of King Saul. And the custom of that time was if a king comes into power that was not of the lineage beforehand, he would gather up all of the male heirs of the previous king and he would put them to death so that they could not later challenge his reign. Are are you following me here? So when David says, is there any of the house of Saul? Everybody in the kingdom knows that's heard it. We know exactly why he's going to put them to death because of how how Saul treated him, so that they could not challenge his rule. In Mephibosheth, the Bible says, he's living in Lodabar because there's something wrong with Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth is a cripple. He was dropped when he was a child. There was a siege on the castle, and and, and the maiden that was watching over him took him and ran, and she fled. And because she mishandled him, he's dropped and he's wounded by others that misused him. Amen. Maybe there's some of you in here, uh, you've got wounds and scars uh, that maybe aren't on your doing. They're not on your account, but because somebody mishandled you, uh, because somebody uh, didn't take the necessary precautions, uh, and now he is left crippled. Uh, He is left uh, relying on somebody else. uh, And word uh, comes to Mephibosheth uh, that Mephibosheth, David, the new king, is looking for you. And he wants you to come. Amen. And all of a sudden when Mephibosheth gets the knock on that door, he knows that, ah, he's finally found me. All the way over here in Lodabar, he's found me. And he's bringing me because he's going to kill me so that I can't challenge his reign. But the word of God says that when David brought him before him, he said, Mephibosheth, I'm not here to kill you, but I'm here to give you a place at my table. I'm here to let you know I've got a room at my table and you're a son to me for the rest of your, listen, the Bible says that he was an enemy against David because of who he was. Well, the Bible says that me and you, because of our sin, were made enemies against God. But instead of coming after you with judgment, he came after you with redemption. I'm going to say that again. Instead of coming after you with judgment because of your sin, you've got a Savior that came to your doorstep and said, I didn't come here to condemn you. Where are those that have condemned you? They're not here. Then neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. And I want you to know there's room at my table for you. I don't know who I'm talking to. But I come to let somebody know uh, there's room for you uh, and your family. uh, And there's room for you uh, and your children. uh, There's room for all at the table of the king. Hallelujah. Mephibosheth, completely in awe. Because Mephibosheth, I want you to look at Mephibosheth for a minute. Let's look at the life of Mephibosheth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mephibosheth is living in a place called Lodabar. You want you want to know what Lodabar means? It literally is translated low meaning no and debar meaning thing. He's literally living in a place called nothing. He's literally he's he's a somebody, but he's living in a place that he don't belong. He has spent years 
in a place that he has no business living in. Hallelujah. He's been hurt. He's been abused, and because of his abuse, it has caused him to go to a place that he doesn't belong, and he's got a king calling his name. But you see, Mephibosheth, he's the right person, but Mephibosheth is in the wrong place because it's not enough just to be chosen. I hope that I've convinced you so far. Anybody convinced that you are chosen? Amen. You are chosen. You're a royal priesthood. You are a chosen generation. I didn't choose you. You didn't choose this. But God himself has chosen you to come to the table. But it's not enough just to be chosen. Because Mephibosheth, he's chosen. He's the right person. But he's living in the wrong place. There's a lot of you maybe in this house I feel under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. Maybe there's some of you in this house, you're living in a load of bar of your own. You're, you're, you're living in a place you don't belong, not physically, uh, but, but emotionally uh, and spiritually. Uh, you feel stuck in a place I don't belong in. Uh, let me tell you, Mephibosheth, you don't belong in Lodabar. Amen. Uh, you don't belong. I don't care what's happened in your life. Uh, I don't care uh, what anybody else has said. Uh, the king is calling your name. Uh, and when he calls, uh, you've got every right uh, to get up uh, and get out of Lodabar. I come to tell somebody here tonight, uh, get up uh, and get out of Lodabar. Uh, get back to the table. Uh, you don't belong there. Get out of depression. Get out of anxiety. Get out of fear. Get out of being afraid. Get out of being down. Get up, Mephibosheth, and get out. Get up and get out of Lodabar. You've got the joy of the Lord. You've got the strength of. Get up. Get out of Lodabar. I don't know how I'm going to get there, but I'm going to the table because all I know is I don't belong here any longer. I heard my master call my name, and I'm making my wish. I don't know who this is for, but somebody, if you've been waiting on, amen, permission, here's your permission. Get up and get out of Lodabar. Amen. I said, get up and get out of Lodabar. Where's Mephibosheth? Come here, bud. Amen. Hallelujah. Mephibosheth, I come to let you know. Mephibosheth, you ain't going to stay in Lodabar anymore. You ain't going to stay in depression. You ain't got to stay in fear. You ain't got to stay in addiction. You ain't got to whatever it is. If it's a state of mind, you don't belong there. So Mephibosheth makes up his mind. Come on. He can't walk. So he's got to crawl. All Mephibosheth knows is I don't where, where you going, Mephibosheth? I'm headed to the table. Where you go? Why you go? All I know is I heard the king. He called my name. And I got permission to leave out of Lodabar. Are you still hurt? Yeah, I'm still hurt, but I'm leaving. I'm still my God in heaven I'm still hurt but I'm leaving they still betrayed me but I'm leaving still pain yes but I'm leaving I'm not going to let the pain of what happened before keep me stuck in a place I don't belong get up pack your bags and get out of Lodabar hold on right there Mephibosheth hallelujah 
Oh, the Holy Ghost is talking to somebody, telling you it's time to pack your bags and get out of Lodabar. You've been there for far too long. You, your, your household has been without the victory that you should have had. Your life has been without the joy that belongs to you because you're the right person, but you're stuck in the wrong place. So the word comes to Mephibosheth. Get up. Get out of Lodabar. Amen. Where are my other guys at? Come here. My other brothers, if you would, please. Come and join me right here. But I'm, I'm going to tell you, what keeps a lot of Mephibosheths from getting to the table? You guys just come stand. You stand right there, brother, if you would. Come stand next to him and just, just stand there and look handsome, if you will. Amen. If it's possible. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Here's what stops a lot of Mephibosheths getting at the table. There's a lot of people that's already at the table that says, hang on, you don't belong here. <laughs> because David's got other sons at his table. And these, these are warriors. These are men of stature. These, these, are, these, are, these are men that, uh, I mean, they, they, they got the right suit and tie on. Uh, and they know how to have worship. And uh, they know just when to raise their hands. And uh, they know just how to play church. Uh, but you, no sir, you're broken. <laughs> you don't look like us. There's been a lot of Mephibosheths that have never walked through the door of the church. Not because they didn't get a call, because they felt some judgment from the table that this isn't a place for people like you. Am I okay? Amen. I listen, I know that this ain't one of the, because I know your pastor. Amen. I know what his heart is. But there is a spirit that has crept its way into the church uh, that said, if you don't look like us, if you don't dress like us, uh, if you don't, I mean, they I can smell the alcohol on your breath. You don't belong. You you belong back out in the gutters. You belong back. That's the spirit that's crept its way into the church. But I serve a God that said, listen, yes, you're at the table. you got a spot. you got to stop. But guess what? There's still some room left. He said, I want you to go out uh, into the hedges, uh, into the highways, uh, and the byways. Uh, you go find the drunkard, uh, and you let him know uh, he can get cleaned up uh, and get to the table. Uh, you go find the alcoholic. Uh, you go find the drug addict. Uh, that's mine is wasted. Uh, there's restoration uh, at the table. Uh, you go find the wounded. Uh, you go find the forsaken. Uh, God, give us a church uh, that says, come on, Mephibosheth, uh, there's room for you. There's, there's room for your family. There's room for yours. There's room for all at the table. Before you ever get the idea they don't belong here, what if it was your brother? What if it was your mother? What if it was your son was strung out on drugs and somebody made him feel that he don't belong at the table? God forgive us for every Mephibosheth the church has turned away because we made him feel like he's too broken to be here. Because here's the problem. We seem to conveniently forget just how messed up I was when he called my name. 
You're not going to help me tonight. Amen. I, I said we conveniently forget uh, just how broken I was. Uh, when he called my name, uh, I wasn't dressed in a suit and tie. Uh, when he called my name, uh, I didn't know how to worship. Uh, when he called my name, uh, you may have been down and out. Uh, you didn't even know, uh, amen, who Jesus was maybe. Uh, but all I know uh, is I got a word. Uh, your days of living in Lodabar uh, are coming to an end. Uh, and there's somebody uh, that's made room for you uh, at the table. Somebody come to the piano. Help me get close. Amen. Hallelujah. I don't know what load of bar you're living in. Maybe you say, well, I'm not, uh, maybe it's not a load of bar of sin. And maybe it's a mindset of defeat that has plagued you and your family. Maybe it's a mindset of depression. You just can't see. You want to know what the Word of God says? The joy of the Lord is your strength. There's a reason that a lot of Christians feel like they ain't got strength anymore because somewhere you lost your joy. And when you lost your joy, you lost your strength. And if I ain't got my strength, I can't fight the devil off when he comes from my family. So what do I need to do? I need to get back to the Lord. Let me feel the joy of the Lord. I feel anxiety. I'm going to trade it in for peace. I feel fear. I'm going to trade it in for courage because somebody told me that there's room at the table. The Bible says, look at David's sons. I mean, look, they're strong. Amen. They're put together well. Maybe you're thinking, I, I, don't, I don't belong there because I'm hurt. Because <laughs> I'm broken. I don't look like the rest of them. So I don't belong here. Yes, you do, Mephibosheth. Yes, you do. You just got to make up in your mind that you're done living in Lodabar. You just got to make up in your mind, I'm not staying where I don't belong. One more moment. Looking at this, yeah, it's, it's easy to see. Come on, Mephibosheth. Come on. We're going to find you a seat. Look in here. It's easy to see that he's obviously broken. You guys got it together, but he, he's broken. Come over here. We'll get you. But, but you guys go ahead and take a seat. It's, it's, leave, leave, leave this one open. You, you two over there. You come right here. Yeah, buddy, come over here. It's easy to see he's broken. <laughs> but God says, I don't care how broken you are. Come on. You know, you know, the, hold on right there. You know what the word of God says? That David said, if we got to send somebody... <laughs> To carry him to the table. Right. Woo, hallelujah. If we got to, if, if Mephibosheth, you belong here. And if you can't come, we'll send somebody to get you. And they'll carry you to the table. I got in heaven. I, you ain't getting it yet. You want to know what this is about? Going into the homeless camp, we're letting them know if you think you're too messed up and you're too broken, we've got a church that'll carry you if we have to. We've got a church that'll get you, but we just got to get you to the table. In spite of your hurt, in spite of your pain, in spite of it all, there's room. I said, there's room. But watch what happens at the power of the table. Come on, Mephibosheth. We're going to get you seated. Hallelujah. But watch. Watch what happens. Here's the power 
of being seated at the table. Because once he's there, I can't tell which one's broken. I can't tell which one was messed up. I can't even tell because when I'm seated at the table of the king, all my fears begin to vanish. All of my hurt gets healed. All of my pain, he takes care of it because when you're seated at the table, Jesus will take care of the rest. I don't know most of the people in here, so I can't call out names. Brother Matthew, is it? Amen. Brother Matthew, brother, pastor was sharing me your testimony. Amen. I'm excited to see you guys get baptized tonight. Amen. I'm, I'm excited about it. That just thrills me. Amen. Was it brother, brother Jerry, is it? Brother Jerry, you guys made the connection. And you're the one that brought him to Christ, right? Hallelujah. And I'm not here to I'm trying to uplift Brother Jerry. But you know what he was? He was a messenger. Then around out and let a Matthew know, guess what? We've got some room for you at the table. Then you know what Matthew did? He went and found his brother once he got to the table. And he went and let him know, hey, they've made room for me. And I'm here to let you know there's room for you too. And you know what I'm believing? I'm believing the rest of your family. There's room for them. We'll put out another table. We serve a God that'll put out his chairs uh, as we need to uh, but we want all to know uh, come all uh, that are weary uh, come all uh, that are heavy laden uh, and I will give you rest there's room I said there's still room at the table brother Matthew I don't know what your story was beforehand I, I, I don't know and I ain't gotta know but I wouldn't have known any different how long you been saved now What's that? Four years? Amen. Hallelujah. To me, it looks like he's been saved since he's seven years old. Amen. I wouldn't know any different <laughs> because that's just what Jesus does. He brings us to the table. I don't know who this is for. And I'm closing. Everybody stand if you will. Thank you, brothers. Amen. Hallelujah. You can just leave that there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't know who this is for, but there's somebody in here. You have been living in a place you don't belong for far too long. Maybe you have said, I don't look like them. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't. Listen, you belong here. Okay, amen. Can I just go ahead and tell Victory Timba, if you're here, you belong here. Amen. You belong at this church. You belong in here because there's room for you. But there's not just room for you. There's room for all that are needing a place of rescue. There's room for all. And my prayer is that this church, my prayer is this church becomes a haven where broken Mephibosheths can find a place of refuge. Where broken people can find a place of restoration. But how can we go and get them and lead them to a table that I myself am not yet feasting on daily? Because you are stuck in Lodabar. I don't know what your Lodabar is, but this is how I feel the Lord directing me to, to bring in this altar service. I've done my best to preach as I, as I felt the Lord, but somebody needs to make up in your mind.
I'm packing my bags and I'm leaving Lodabar. You ought to let the enemy know, get ready, devil, for a vacancy on my seat <laughs> because I've heard my name called and I must answer. Amen. If that's you, say, uh, listen, there's some things, uh, uh, maybe it's not sin, uh, but maybe just some mindsets uh, you want to come out of. Uh, I want you to come, uh, and I want you, if you would, uh, I want you to come and stand uh, and raise your hands. Uh, come on, all across this house. Uh, can we come and find a place? Come on, uh, listen. Uh, you say, well, I don't know what they're going to think about me. When you've been in Lodabar long enough, uh, I don't care who sees me. Uh, I don't care what people think. Uh, I've got to get out of load up on and I'm coming back to the table. Are you hurt?